And welcome back to Sacred Space 102, a Come and See Inspirations production here for West Clinic 102 on this glorious Easter morn. My name is Shane Ambers. I'm delighted to have you with us on this Easter. <clears throat> and here on Sacred Space 102, we are delighted to have on the program with us this morning an old friend of the program. Good morning, Noreen Lynch. Good morning. It's lovely to be here. Happy Easter to you and all of Thanks a million, Noreen. Now, Noreen, just before the break there, we had a lovely piece of music called Only Grace from the Many. And as you were saying to us before the break, it's a nice piece of music just to rest into. And you're going to share with us some some thoughts on this Easter morn. Yeah, just a, a few reflections that, that strike me that I hope are helpful. And I, as I often say with these things, I'll say a few words. And if anything stays with you, please God, it's of use, but that you don't have to listen to everything I say. So I suppose it, it starts off, it's a very gentle song. Things are broken can hear things are shared and it seems a strange place to start a reflection on Easter doesn't it and I suppose it's a strange Easter again this year so mm. maybe it's a good place to start I think it very much strikes me when I read this gospel the Sabbath is over Mary Magdalene Mary the mother of James and Naomi brought the spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body very early on that first day of the week just after sunrise they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb I have a real sense of women who were confused and grieving and struggling to make sense of it all, returning to ritual as the only thing that kind of made sense at that moment. I, I can kind of imagine Mary and Salome and Mary, like so many women across centuries, knew that something needed to be done in this moment. They knew where to put their hands on the spices and the oils and they knew what prayers were needed. So they kind of wordlessly gathered themselves together got on their path and it was only when they were out on the road that they realised they didn't know how they'd move the boulder and they found themselves wondering what will we do? But they kept going. There was a kind of a sense of we'll just keep going and when we get there we'll solve that next bit. Um, it reminds me very much of so many Irish women who have acted as midwives of life and death in our communities who arrived after a death uh, in a house wordlessly opening boxes that had candles and oil and asking for clean sheets, preparing the body in the room. Women who would tell people how to pray, where to sit, what to say, when they just didn't know what to do next. They were quietly doing what needed to be done. You know, just that sense that when there are no words, falling into that ritual, allowing the, the feelings and the emotions just to, to be there as they are, but we just carry on through the rituals. I, it reminds me so much of our frontline workers in this time, who have just been good people, been there, been carrying on and helping us when there are no words. And, and I think a lot of us really this Easter are, are quite like Mary and Salome and Mary. We thought we knew how things worked and we find ourselves confused and grieving and managing only by sticking to the tasks, to the rituals, make sense of the day. You know, having the, the walk at the right time, making a phone call in the evening organising your dinner, all these little things that just make sense of the day. You know, we feed the hungry, we pray for those that need us. We try to move. We're, we're on the path. Try not to think too much about the heavy boulders that might lie ahead. Just keep the head down and kind of move along. And when we get there, we'll fix that bit. I suppose as Christians who cannot gather inside a building, however holy, we wonder this Easter where to walk and what to do. You know, I think as as humans as Irish people who wonder we can't hold hands or wipe tears however precious that person is to us we wonder how will we live and how will we love we're a bit like the midwives we're a bit like Mary and Salome and Mary doing what needs doing wordlessly not focused on our own grief and pain but just 
and the ritual that might bring us through. And so that song very much spoke to me this year. Things are broken here. Things are shared. Things are dying here. Things are torn. Things are carried here. Hearts bowed in prayer. It is grace, only grace, that brings us here, that holds us together here. It's grace that holds us all together here. And I suppose when I think in terms of Easter this year, there's a part of me thinks there are nicer Gospels, there are easier Gospels. And, and for some of us, we may feel like Mary of Magdalene or, or like Mary, the mother of James. Haven't we done enough? Haven't we done the work? Surely it should be easier at this stage. You know, and, and, and I hear the sound coming back again. Amazing grace. Hear the sound. This is where hope is found, where things are broken, where things are dying. Here is where hope is found, not in the perfect, not in the easy, but in this journeying together, in the honesty of how we are. And so I suppose for me this year, resurrection is happening in that space. So I found myself thinking, how do I make sense of all of this change? And thrown back almost on my experience of lockdown, I distinctly remember at the end of the first lockdown, which seems so long ago now, that I had at the sense of being in a flat in Dublin, in a little cocoon. And I was almost overwhelmed with the thought of how would I pack to come home and visit my family after three months? Would I cry when I'd see everyone? Was it safe? I kind of felt like I had discovered some new version of myself in these three months. I'd finally meditated and walked every day. I'd lost weight, I'd cleared out cupboards. And while I didn't want to lose that, I also didn't want to lose who I was before. I wanted to see everybody, to hug, to talk, to connect. And I found myself wondering how I could be both. How could I hold on to every single bit of me? And in the reflections, I find myself thinking, can there be resurrection without, without death? Can we celebrate without dying a little too? But surely some part of life is in this journey, learning a bit about ourselves and letting go, seeing what has happened and what we've been through and where it's taken us. Ruth Haley Barton speaks of a workshop she did with young men about the dark night of the soul. She was talking to them about journeying with, with darkness, with tough times. And they really struggled as to why there was suffering and sadness in the world. Why are there the bad, tough days? Why did Jesus have to die? After talking for ages together, they came down to this question. Isn't there any way we can be good enough so that we don't have to die? Isn't there any way that we can be good enough so we don't have to die? And I think it's at the heart of the human experience. Isn't there any way that we can do everything right so there doesn't have to be any pain or suffering? Isn't there any way we can avoid the loneliness, the disappointment, the difficult moments? And yet, even Jesus had to die. Resurrection is not about avoiding death. Even Christians have to stay home. Even believers have to doubt. So... How do we move these boulders? How do we face these difficult moments in life, like the women coming to the tomb? Ruth quotes Richard Rohr where he says, we all find endless disguises and excuses to avoid letting go 
of what really needs to die for our own spiritual growth. It's always our beloved passing self that has to be let go of, the story of who I am and how unique and special I am. Richard says, Jesus surely had a dozen good reasons why he should not have had to die so young. So unsuccessful, really, at that point. And he's the son of God, besides. Yet it is always we, it is always this sense of us as young and beautiful and in control and protected and able to protect others. This is always the we that we have to hand over. There's always this passing over to a next level of faith. That never really happens without some kind of dying to the previous levels of who we are. Thinking of the women walking towards the tomb, not sure what to say, but knowing they should hold firm, hold fast in their faith. I think of all of us in this pandemic time. You and I are living through a pandemic. It's painful, even if we're 100% safe. It's lonely and it's irritating. And some part of us thinks that if we were good enough believers, then we shouldn't have doubts or suffering even in days like this. If we were good women who bring spices, we shouldn't have to worry about the boulder. It's just too much. D does that make sense? Can you see yourself wondering how to manage this life you have? How to grieve the old one? How to live in the present of 2021? When I think of this, I keep hearing the words of that song, Amazing Grace, Hear the Sound, this is where hope is found, where things are broken, where things are dying. Here is where hope is found. It is grace, only grace that brings us together here, that holds us together here. So I find myself thinking, what is resurrection in 2021? What is Easter in a pandemic? We know resurrection is not a denial of reality or a promise of no suffering. It's not an optimism and insistence on looking on the bright side of life and pretending we're fine. No, Easter and resurrection is a protest against despair. It's a realistic looking straight in the face of life and saying that even in the midst of all this, we know that some things are more important than death. Some things are more important than despair. When we find ourselves saying there's no point, it's difficult, it's terrible, we say, we know as Christians, some things are more powerful than fatalism and pandemics and nostalgia. The women who arrived at that tomb were not thrilled, happy, laughing or anything like that. Scripture actually says they were alarmed. This scripture that we have for 2021 says to us, they entered the tomb saw the young man and they were alarmed and he gave them good news and it says trembling and bewildered the women went out and fled from the tomb they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid we often leave those parts out but this year we're faced head on with alarm and bewilderment they went in and found a message that did not take away their alarm they were scared silenced even afraid to say the impossible, to speak about what had happened because they couldn't make sense of it themselves. I find that hugely comforting this year. I would love to be thrilled and excited about Easter, but there's a little part of me 
it's just tired. Pandemics will do that to you. I am optimistic, but I'm also a little scared of getting too excited in case there's a setback. I am happy, but I'm also a bit afraid it might rain and we might have to come in out of the garden. I'm a human being trying to live in the middle of this pandemic. I am trembling and bewildered as I emerge. I am afraid of saying too much or saying it wrong. I wonder what will happen next. Does that sound familiar? I think it sounds a bit like the apostles in the upper room too, doesn't it? It kind of sounds like pandemic survivors emerging into the Easter season too. I find it hugely encouraging that this year, 2021, our gospel speaks of a group of good, dutiful women who stayed faithful, even when they were bewildered and that God blessed them. Because from these women who did not dance out the door and say it's all sorted, from these women, our church began. From this honest reaction, Jesus the Christ became known to the whole world. From humanity, not from perfection, we go out into Galilee. And you know, most years we dance through the rituals of Holy Week. I love the busyness, the preparation, the lists, the things we must do, the places we must be. And this year we are forced into being present without the dance of busyness. We are forced into Easter, not in our Sunday best, but in tracksuits and with trembling. We are reminded that Easter is not about how well prepared our church is, how beautifully put together we are. Things are broken here, and yet there is grace enough for everyone. Easter is not about surety and freedom from suffering. Yes, some part of us dies this year as we come to know God's love. Some part of who we thought we were is different. That's the case most years, but this year it's really visible and obvious. Easter is bewildering. If it's not, we've underestimated its importance. Because Easter says that death is not the last word. Something is more important than death. Easter means Christ has broken a prison that held us all captured. Pandemic is not the last word about who we are. Life is not ended, just changed. Hope wins. Easter is a protest against despair. We know that from now on, we are not defined by circumstances, by the worst of times. Like the women, we step forward, holding firm to what we know to be true, turning up, taking care of each other. We do that in moments of loneliness, of bewilderment, of joy, of fear. All of these things were present at the resurrection and God transformed and blessed all of this. And that means that God transforms and blesses all of us now, just as we are, not perfect, human. God is, God lives, God carries us on into Galilee. Alleluia, alleluia, happy Easter. And so I invite you to listen with joy now as Graham Kendrick leads us in a song of celebration that Christ has broken open the prison that would trap us and hold us. He sets us free. Alleluia. Alleluia.
Slay. 